Please open your Bible with me once again to the book of Romans, chapter 4. Now, by way of review, we've been seeing here these past weeks in Romans chapter 3, the apostle setting forth how that all men everywhere are sinners. You see, there's none righteous, no, not one. And my friend, that includes you in the pew, and that includes me behind this pulpit. Indeed, that includes all men everywhere. And not only are we sinners, but further, the apostle declares that we're all guilty before God Almighty. So that being the case, no sinner can ever be justified before God by any works of the flesh, or for that matter, the deeds of the law. You see, the law says you're guilty, so stop your mouth. Stop trying to justify yourself. The law says that we've all sinned against God. Paul shows us in Romans chapter 3 how sinners are justified by God's grace through the redeeming work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Beloved, that's not only the conclusion of God's word. Further, that's what he teaches us in salvation. And so the apostle, writing by the inspiration of God, shows us how it is that we do actually honor the law of God. So how do we do that? By faith, beloved. By faith, we do not make void the Mosaic law or the Levitical law. Rather, through faith, we honor it. In verse 31, Paul writes, Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. So how do we establish the law? Through Christ, who is the object of saving faith. You see, beloved, The Lord Jesus Christ honored the law of God for us. And so by faith, we look to him and what he did. And what he did, beloved, we did through our union with him. You see, he's our representative. And so by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of the one, the Lord Jesus Christ, shall many be made righteous. Paul, when writing to the believers in Corinth, wrote, We walk by faith, not by sight. You see, beloved, the just shall live by faith, the precious gift of God. In Romans chapter 4, the apostle Paul illustrates these very principles of the gospel, showing us how God justified two sinners, Abraham and David. Now here Paul gives us two examples in chapter 4. The first example is of Abraham, where the apostle shows us how he was justified before God 430 years before the law was given. And then the the second example is of David, where he shows us how he was justified before God after the law was given. Beloved, the Lord has always justified the ungodly by his sovereign grace alone. You see, Abraham was just like you and me. 
He's a sinner and guilty before God. And David was the same way, sinful and guilty. And so the Lord has always justified the ungodly by his sovereign grace, love, and mercy alone. And all of this is received by faith by those sinners who are looking to the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Indeed, by those sinners who are made to look to the Lord Jesus Christ alone. You see, my friend, there is no other Savior for sinful, guilty sinners. Our Lord declares, There is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. There is no salvation in any other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, he that hath the Son hath life. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Now, in Romans chapter 4, beginning in verse 1 through to verse 5, we have this example of sovereign grace, sovereign salvation given to Abraham. Throughout the Word of God, Abraham is held forth as an example of a sinner made to receive God-given faith by God's sovereign mercy and grace. Now, you remember the story of Abraham, how that he was originally called Abram. The Word of God teaches us how the Lord found Abram in the land of Ur in the Chaldeas. And the Lord found him worshiping the false god of his fathers in idolatry. God found him in the darkness of his religious bondage. You see, Abram was not seeking the Lord, but rather the Lord was seeking him. And the Lord called him out of darkness into his marvelous light. And the Lord did that by his grace alone. Now, not only does the apostle show us the example of how Abraham was saved by God's grace in Christ in Romans chapter 4, we also find in Hebrews chapter 11 the apostle writing about the faith of Abraham, how that by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, he obeyed and he went out not knowing whether he went. Abraham was 75 years old when God called him out of the darkness of his idolatry into his marvelous light. Now, when God called him, did Abraham say, now hold on, just wait a minute. I want to stay here in my idolatry, in my bondage, in the clutches of sin? No. When God called him out, he went out. You see, when God calls, he calls irresistibly, effectually, by his grace, And that's what we call irresistible grace, fetching grace. Indeed, it is a holy calling. So when God called him, Abraham moved and went out. Now, what did the Lord reveal to Abraham? What did Abraham believe about salvation after he was taught of God? This one lesson, that in salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ is everything. You see, the Lord taught Abraham, as he does all his people, that salvation is by faith in Christ alone. I want to show you a passage in 2 Timothy, verse 9. I know we we hear about irresistible grace and fetching grace, but I much prefer to read what God's Word calls it, a holy calling. It's a perfect calling, beloved. And in 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 9, We read how that God hath saved us and hath called us with an holy calling. Notice the saving happens before the calling. 
When did God save us? Before the foundation of the world. And we read that there in verse 9. God who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. You see, the Lord taught Abraham that very thing that we all rejoice in to see in that verse, how that salvation is by faith in Christ alone. Before Abraham was justified, he had nothing to merit God's grace or mercy. Rather, Abram was a gross idolater, raised in the house of false religion, and God called him and taught him that salvation is in Christ alone. And this is the same lesson that the Lord teaches every believer whom he justifies by his grace. He teaches us that in salvation, Christ is everything, that in righteousness, Christ is everything, that in redemption, Christ is everything. That's how God saves sinners, by his grace alone and not by our works. God calls us and saves us according to his own purpose and grace given us in Christ Jesus, which is the eternal purpose of of salvation given to us, which excludes all boasting. You see, if it's given to us before the foundation of the world, and it is, beloved, then how does any of your works enter into it? How does even your faith or repentance enter into it? It doesn't. Rather, salvation is received by faith and repentance, that repentance that acknowledges the way of salvation. But these things are given to us in Christ before we were born. And my friend, that excludes all merit, all boasting, and shuts us up to just one thing. Salvation is of the Lord. Again, Romans 4, verse 1. What shall we say then, that Abraham my father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? Well, he has found that salvation is of the Lord. Now look at verse 2. For if Abraham, remember God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. If he were justified by works, he couldn't glory before God, not at all. For if Abraham were justified by works, now if works were the grounds, cause, or reason of Abraham's salvation, or ours, then he could boast and glory in the flesh before men. And we see this going on all the time in our day. But I like that statement at the end of verse 2. Not before God. Even if we could be justified by our works, now we can't, but if we could, and that's why we need to take notice of that that one little word there, if, there beginning in verse 2. If we could, we could boast in glory before men, but we still can't glory before God. In Romans chapter 3, verse 26, Paul writes, To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in the Lord Jesus. Where is the boasting then? Where is it? It's excluded. By what law or principle? Of works? Nay, but by the the law of faith, the principle of faith. Look there in Romans chapter 4, verse 20. The Apostle writes regarding Abraham how he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith giving glory 
to God. Abraham didn't even pat himself on the back and say, well, look how smart I am. I believe. You see, beloved, those who are blessed with saving faith are made to know that salvation is the gift of God. That's why we glory only in Christ. By faith, all boasting is excluded. Indeed, saving faith only boasts in Christ alone. God forbid I should glory save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul makes his case and then goes to the scriptures to prove his point. My friend, it does not matter what you think or what I think, but rather what saith the scripture. Verse 3. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. It was counted unto him, reckoned unto him, charged unto him for righteousness. Now Abraham believed in the Lord. It says in Genesis 15, verse 6, He believed in the Lord, and the Lord counted it to him for righteousness. You see, Abraham believed his salvation, both his deliverance from sin and justifying righteousness, was found totally in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Indeed, that's what God's Word teaches us. Now, Paul's epistle to the Romans and his epistle to the Galatians both have the same central theme, how that we're justified by grace and not by the deeds of the law. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3, verse 6. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted, imputed, or charged to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham? And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham. Now, who preached the gospel to Abraham? Who preached the gospel to Abraham? Beloved, God preached the gospel to Abraham, and he rejoiced to see that day, seeing that day that the Lord would give himself as a sacrificial lamb. God preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. And that goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Now how could it be that in thee shall all nations be blessed? Well, Abraham Abraham had a son, Isaac. And Isaac was a type and picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, the promised special son given of God. Now look there in verse 16. Galatians verse 16 now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made he saith not to seeds as of many but as of one and to thy seed which is Christ the giving of that promised special son Isaac is a type and picture of how God blesses us in the Lord Jesus Christ now I've already alluded to this but I want you to see this turn with me to John's gospel chapter 8 John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 53. 
John 8, verse 53. Art thou greater than our fathers Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead, whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your, your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him, and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Our Lord declared how that Abraham rejoiced to see his day. Now how did he see the day of Christ? God preached the gospel to Abraham, and he was given faith to see the coming of Christ the substitutionary death of the Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection glory. Indeed, if you read Genesis chapter 22 and you see Abraham offering up Isaac and then God providing a ram caught in the thicket who was sacrificed instead of Isaac, all that pictures the gospel Abraham rejoiced to see. And he saw it and was glad. Verse 57, John eight fifty-seven. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Abraham has been dead thousands of years, and you're not fifty years old. And the Lord Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. I am the eternal God manifest in the flesh. Before Abraham existed, I am. And so Abraham believed his salvation was totally found in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, that's what saving faith believes. Saving faith believes that salvation is of the Lord. Romans chapter 4, verse 4. Now to him that worketh, is the reward not reckoned of grace, but one of debt. Now that word reward makes me think how that Christ, beloved, is our exceeding great and eternal reward. And that's what God taught Abraham, how that he is our reward. You know, not one time in the word of God does it ever refer to the believer having rewards in the plural sense. Rather, it's always put in the singular. And why is that? Because, beloved, Christ is our exceeding great and eternal reward. It's a reward not of works, but rather it's a reward of grace. We have an eternal inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, that's reserved for us in heaven. But to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks being unto God for his unspeakable gift. Thank God that salvation is by the reward of his grace in Christ. Verse 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, Believeth on who? Believeth on him, our mighty God. I mean, who else can justify ungodly sinners and do so 
in a way that's honoring to his own law and justice. And how is he going to do that? Well, there's only one answer to that question, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Verse 13. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Beloved, faith is not our righteousness. Christ is our righteousness. Indeed, those who have saving faith look only and ever to the Lord Jesus Christ for all their salvation. You see, he's called the Lord our righteousness. His faith is counted for righteousness. Those who do not work for salvation, but rather those who are blessed to believe to the saving of their soul, who are blessed of God with the saving faith in Christ, who alone justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. His faith is counted for justification. His faith is counted for salvation. And that's no surprise to God's people, for we know that saving faith is the precious gift of God, and that not of ourselves, but rather the gift of God. My friend, if you have saving faith, it's the precious gift of God. Beloved, we have obtained like precious faith through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we read that in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Turn with me to Acts chapter 13. We'll see here how that faith both honors the gospel and honors him by believing God. Verse 13, verse 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of of sins. Through this man, the Lord Jesus Christ, whom God raised up again, saw no corruption. Verse 39. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. You see, my friend, saving faith honors God by believing him. And those who are truly justified by the grace of God they know their works to be nothing but sin. You see, any good work that we would do to the honor and glory of Christ still has to be bathed in the precious blood of Christ because everything we touch, we contaminate with what we are. We're sin through and through. And beloved, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ cleanses us from all our sin. And those who are truly justified by the grace of God We know our works to be nothing but sin and make up no merit, no grounds for our salvation, and that before God saves us and after God saves us. Sadly, a lot of people are under the delusion that we're justified by grace and then we're sanctified by keeping the law or good works. And that's just not so. You see, my friend, we're justified in Christ. And we're sanctified in Christ. And we have everything we need to be saved found only in Christ. Beloved, we are complete in Him. 
Now, the argument that Paul is putting forth here in Romans is simply this. Salvation is of the Lord. It cannot be of a little bit of works and a little bit of grace. It cannot be of the Lord plus a little bit of this here and a little bit of that there. You see, it's not bringing together something that the Lord has done with what you do to make the whole of it work, though that indeed is what a lot of people think. But that's not what the Word of God teaches. Look at Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. In verse 5. So then, at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Verse 6. And if... Election is by grace, then it's no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it's no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. You see, my friend, you can't have it both ways. You can't have a little bit of grace and a little bit of works, and we just bring the two together and call that salvation. If you do that, you don't have salvation. Rather, what you have when you do that is damnation. Beloved, our salvation is all by grace alone. And so the first example Paul brings up is how God justified Abraham before the law was given. But those Judaizers, those false brethren who claimed, except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved, teaching that we've got to have the law plus Christ to be justified. Well, Paul shows us here how that God justified Abraham before the law and before he was circumcised. You see, the gospel excludes all boasting in the flesh. Beloved, our good and merciful God has so designed by his infinite wisdom such a salvation that he alone receives all the honor and glory in it. And the second example Paul brings of how a sinner who was chosen by grace, elected by grace, and saved by grace is this man we know as the king of Israel, and his name was David. And David also talks about this blessed gospel. David writes in the book of the Psalms, the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. Now that word imputeth or imputed means to reckon to your account. When you take your credit card or your debit card to the store and you swipe it or stick it in the machine to return or purchase an item, what does it do? Well, it charges or imputes either a positive or a negative amount to your account. And blessed is the man unto whom God imputes, charges, or reckons to you the righteousness of God in Christ that justifies the ungodly. You see, beloved, God imputes, reckons, charges to your account righteousness without any consideration of who you are or what you've done or what you're going to do. And that's the good news of the gospel. Salvation without works, without any contribution on your part. God says you're righteous in Christ. By grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. 
It is the gift of God. And not only that, verse 7, Romans 4, says, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Now, I not only need a justifying righteousness, but I have another problem. What about my sin? The Lord Jesus Christ has not only given us a justifying righteousness by his living out a perfect life before our Heavenly Father on behalf of his people. Further, he's taken away all of our sin. Beloved, all of our transgressions, all of our iniquities against God, he's taken them all away, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven. Now, how thoroughly, how truly, how truly are they forgiven? Beloved, he said, their sin and their iniquity will I remember no more. So how is it that God can declare that? Because, beloved, the blood atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ fully and completely put away all the sins of his people. And so he cannot charge their sin to them again because their sin has already been charged to the Lord Jesus Christ. Old Top Lady wrote, Payment God will not twice demand, first at my bleeding surety's hand, and then again at mine. Beloved, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sins are forgiven, iniquities are forgiven, and your sins are covered. So covered, believing sinner, that God says, I cannot see them. He said, they're cast behind my back. They're blotted out as a thick cloud. He said, they're cast into the depths of the sea, never to be found again. That's the good news of the gospel. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin, and he will not because he cannot, because our surety Our Savior, our blessed Redeemer, paid it all. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. And look there with me in verse 32. God's Word declares, He that spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? Well, it's Christ. He's already died, and I died in him. Yea, rather, he's risen again. And we had that read to us earlier, Romans chapter 4, verse 25, how that he was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. You see, this is the blessed man. So how was David justified? David, a man after God's own heart? Was he justified by the law? No. Rather, he broke the law, did he not? I mean, he committed adultery countless times. He committed murder countless times. And God said that that man was justified because I put his sin away. When Nathan, a man sent of God, came to David 
and said, You're the guilty man. He added, Don't fear, beloved. The Lord hath put away your sin. So we may read in our portion this evening, there in Romans chapter 4, beginning in verse 6, the blessedness of David. Indeed, the good news of every believer in Christ, of that blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Amen.